two-place and one-place words. I have previously spoken of the ancient pulp-era magazine covers that showed a bug-eyed monster carrying off a girl in a torn dress, and about how people think as if sexiness is an inherent property of a sexy entity without dependence on the admirer. Of course the bug-eyed monster will prefer human females to its own kind, says the artist, who we'll call Fred. It can see that human females have soft, pleasant skin instead of slimy scales. It may be an alien, but it's not stupid. Why are you expecting it to make such a basic mistake about sexiness? What is Fred's error? It is treating a function of two arguments, a two-place function, such as sexiness colon admirer and entity is to zero and infinity, as though it were a one-function argument, a one-place function, which is sexiness colon entity arrow zero and infinity. If sexiness is treated as a function that accepts only one entity as its argument, then of course sexiness will appear to depend only on the entity with nothing else being relevant. When you think about a two-place function as though it were a one-place function, you end up with a variable question fallacy or a mind projection fallacy, like trying to determine whether a building is intrinsically on the left or the right side of the road independent of anyone's travel direction. An alternative and equally valid standpoint is that sexiness does refer to a one-place function, but each speaker uses a different one-place function to decide who to kidnap and ravish. Who says that just because Fred the artist and Bluga the bug-eyed monster both use the word sexy, they must mean the same thing by it? If you take this viewpoint, there is no paradox in speaking of some woman intrinsically having five units of Fred colon colon sexiness. All onlookers can agree on this fact. Once Fred colon colon sexiness has been specified in terms of curves, skin texture, clothing, status cues, etc., this specification need make no mention of Fred, only the woman to be evaluated. It so happens that Fred himself uses this algorithm to select flirtation targets, but that doesn't mean the algorithm itself has to mention Fred. So Fred's sexiness function really is a function of one object, the woman, on this view. I called it Fred colon colon sexiness, but remember that this name refers to a function that is being described independently of Fred. Maybe it would be better to write Fred colon colon sexiness equals equals sexiness underscore 20934. It is an empirical fact about Fred that he uses the function sexiness underscore 20934 to evaluate potential mates. Perhaps John uses exactly the same algorithm. It doesn't matter where it comes from once we have it. And similarly, the same woman has only 0.01 units of sexiness underscore 72546, whereas a slime mold has three units of sexiness underscore 72546. It happens to be an empirical fact that Bluga uses sexiness underscore 72546 to decide who to kidnap. That is, Bluga colon colon sexiness names the fixed Bluga independent mathematical object that is the function sexiness underscore 72546. 
Once we say that the woman has 0.01 units of sexiness underscore 72546 and 5 units of sexiness underscore 20934, all observers can agree on this without paradox. And the two-place and one-place views can be unified using the concept of currying, named after the mathematician Haskell Curry. Currying is a technique allowed in certain programming language where, e.g., instead of writing, x equals plus the function of 2 and 3, x equals 5, you can also write y equals plus the function of 2, y is now a curried form of the function plus, which has eaten a 2, x equals y of 3, x equals 5, z equals y of 7, z equals 9. So plus is a two-place function, but currying plus, letting it eat only one of its two required arguments, turns it into a one-place function that adds two to any input. Similarly, you could start with a seven-place function, feed it four arguments, and the result would be a three-place function, etc. A true purist would insist that all functions should be viewed by definition as taking exactly one argument. On this view, plus accepts one numeric input and outputs a new function, and this new function has one numeric input and finally outputs a number. On this view, when we write plus of 2 and 3, we are really computing plus of 2 to get a function that adds 2 to any input and then applying the result to 3. A programmer would write this as plus colon int arrow of int arrow int. This says that plus takes an int as an argument and returns a function type of int arrow int. Translating the metaphor back into the human use of words, we could imagine that sexiness starts by eating an admirer and spits out the fixed mathematical object that describes how the admirer currently evaluates pultritude. It is an empirical fact about the admirer that their intuitions of desirability are computed in a way that is isomorphic to this mathematical function. Then, the mathematical object, spit out by currying sexiness of admirer, can be applied to the woman. If the admirer was originally Fred, sexiness of Fred will first return sexiness underscore 20934. We can then say it is an empirical fact about the woman, independently of Fred, that sexiness underscore 20934 of woman equals 5. In Hilary Putnam's Twin Earth Thought Experiment, there was a tremendous philosophical brouhaha over whether it makes sense to postulate a twin Earth which is just like our own, except that instead of water being H2O, water is a different transparent flowing substance, XYZ, and furthermore, set the time of the thought experiment a few centuries ago, so in neither our Earth nor the twin Earth does anyone know how to test the alternative hypothesis of H2O versus XYZ. Does the word water mean the same thing in that world as in this one? Some said yes, because when an Earth person and a twin Earth person utter the word water, they have the same sensory test in mind. 
And some said no, because water in our earth means H2O, and water in the twin earth means XYZ. If you think of water as a concept that begins by eating a world to find out the empirical true nature of that transparent flowing stuff and returns a new fixed concept, water underscore 4-2 or H2O, then this world-eating concept is the same in our earth and the twin earth. It just returns different answers in different places. If you think of water as meaning H2O, then the concept does nothing different when we transport it between worlds and the twin earth contains no H2O. And of course, there is no point in arguing over what the sound of the syllables wa-ter really means. So, should you pick one definition and use it consistently? But it's not that easy to save yourself from confusion. You have to train yourself to be deliberately aware of the distinction between the curried and uncurried forms of concepts. When you take the uncurried water concept and apply it in a different world, it is the same concept, but it refers to a different thing. That is, we are applying a constant world-eating function to a different world and obtaining a different return value. In the twin earth, XYZ is water and H2O is not. In our earth, H2O is water and XYZ is not. On the other hand, if you take water to refer to what the prior thinker would call the result of applying water to our earth, then in the twin earth, XYZ is not water and H2O is. The whole confusingness of the subsequent philosophical debate rested on a tendency to instinctively curry concepts or instinctively uncurry them. Similarly, it takes an extra step for Fred to realize that other agents, like the bug-eyed monster agent, will choose kidnappees for ravishing based on sexiness sub-bug-eyed monster of woman, not sexiness sub-Fred of woman. To do this, Fred must consciously re-envision sexiness as a function with two arguments. All Fred's brain does by instinct is evaluate woman.sexiness. That is, sexiness sub-Fred of woman, but it's simply labeled woman.sexiness. The fixed mathematical function, sexiness underscore 20934, makes no mention of Fred or the bug-eyed monster, only women. So Fred does not instinctively see why the bug-eyed monster would evaluate sexiness any differently. And indeed, the bug-eyed monster would not evaluate sexiness underscore 20934 any differently if for some odd reason it cared about the result of that particular function. But it is an empirical fact about the bug-eyed monster that it uses a different function to decide who to kidnap. If you're wondering... As to the point of this analysis, we shall need it later in order to taboo such confusing words as objective, subjective, and arbitrary.